I'm at the Manier Chocolate Factory where the production of Torch Song Trilogy is getting wonderful reviews, including our review a couple of weeks ago. And I'm very excited to say that I'm here with the show's star, David Bedella. Hi, David. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's great to meet you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what are we interrupting at the moment? Do you have a, have a pre-show regiment? Do you have a routine? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, all of the days lately seem to be filled with an interview or a yep. photo session or something like that, which is very exciting, but also slightly draining. <laughs> you yes. have to cram all of that in and then get to the gym so that uh, the body can keep from falling as rapidly as it does <laughs> and uh, and then get to work and do the vocal warm-up. And yep. we, we tend to go over certain scenes downstairs before we get up here okay. just to get our brains back into the cycle of the show. So yeah, the days are, are full and busy and very satisfying. Pretty packed. Yeah. And how did yeah. you um, get this role in the show? How did that come ah. about? Gosh, I, I'm not sure I know. Oh. <laughs> I got a I got a phone call uh, from my agent one day who said, uh, we've just been sent the script to Torch Song Trilogy. Are you familiar with it? And mm. my heart about stopped okay. uh, because I am very familiar with it. I thought, um, wow, if this is what I think it is, I'm really excited. And it all happened really quickly. I then was on a phone call with uh, Douglas Hodge, who said, can you come in and we'll have a meeting? Which is a lovely thing, you know. Uh, you reach a certain point in your career where you stop doing what you call quote-unquote auditions, and you start being brought in for meetings. Okay. So it's you and the director sitting. You mean because they really want you, so they're not yeah, seeing well, lots of people. They yeah, just... it's it's less of a, of a matter of you having to prove that you are talented you. Yeah. initially. They, they know more, your track record. They understand w- what your history is. They've seen yeah. your CV. They know you're capable of this. Let's talk and see if we're on the same page. What yeah. are your thoughts yeah. about the script? What are your thoughts about what we can do with this? So we did a lot of that, lots and lots of discussion. And by the end of a one-hour session together, they offered me on the spot the role. Wow. Which has never happened to me in my whole career. Exciting. <laughs> so I thought, hey, I must be right for this. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, when things come together like that, it's often a really good sign. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. Very and had you, had you come across Douglas Hodge before? Had you seen him when he was in La Cage Fall? I did not see him in La Cage, but I certainly know of him. And mm. I had watched quite a few things on YouTube. You know, you can see all kinds of performances on YouTube, things you shouldn't you be able yeah. to. But <laughs> Some of them uh, pop up just randomly. <laughs> yes, they really do. But uh, yeah, I had seen him do a, a Pinter, Harold Pinter tribute at the uh, National, and I was just blown away by him. I mean, uh-huh. his attention to detail in the text is beyond anybody right now. I just think yeah. he's at the top of his field. Wow. And so uh, to, to have the opportunity to come in and meet with him and then work with him, wow, just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And yeah. how do you sort of relate to your character? Do you, do you find sort of some of the concerns are, are still current today? I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, it's set in the 70s and 80s. But. Listen, there is so much still going on today mm. with uh, the oppression of the marginalized. That is not anything that's going away anytime soon. I had several conversations that were pointing this fact up to me. You know, I had a friend who got into a taxi just this week. Yeah. And he had just come from, he's a, he's a lawyer, he had just come from a meeting where they were discussing politically what the gay marriage laws are and how they're affecting people making decisions today. Yeah. And he just decided he would ask the, the cab driver about his views. I will never ask a cab driver. The cab driver <laughs> literally said, I think they should all be shot. <gasps> and he said, wow. are you serious? Are you, are you trying to make me laugh or are you serious? And he said... I think gay people should be shot. And he went on 
to list all of the reasons why he felt we were such a threat to the mm. community. And at one point, my, my friend said, you need to pull the taxi over because I'm either going to sue your ass or do something worse. And he filed a complaint about verbal abuse and yes, verbal harassment absolutely. from a taxi driver who is someone who is supposed to be there as a service. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and yet he turned around and verbally abused my friend. And I, although they they can be known, especially London taxi drivers, for quite quite extreme views. I think they yeah. they listen to a lot of late night radio discussions sure, where sure. there are some and, extreme and, views. And aired. I think everybody has the right to have those views, but, but when they cross really the line and they become abuse, yeah, no, that's no. not okay. No, of do you know? Not. So that's just one example of probably four or five I've had in the last month of people who are still suffering oppression for their sexuality. Mm. And so it, it makes me think, my God, what we're doing is incredibly important and incredibly relevant. Mm. Um, it is still happening everywhere. And even though we're living in the post-Will and Grace era, mm. um, there's still work to be done. It's amazing how many people sort of think it's all sorted, though. Yeah, they? yeah, they definitely do. But it's, but it's really now. not. No, no, it's really not. There's still a lot of, of violence, of course, which is a theme in, in the show, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned you, you were already very familiar with Torch Song Trilogy. Mm. But, I mean, had you seen the film? Had you seen the other productions? I had but, seen it way back in, in uh, the 80s when the film first came out. But even before that, yeah. um, uh, a friend of mine living in Chicago, well, I shouldn't say friend, he was my partner at the time. My, par- <laughs> my partner living in Chicago. Is he a friend now? He's a very good friend. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, he had a connection in New York whereby he used to get bootleg uh, recordings of Broadway shows. Uh, I so shouldn't be talking about this on the ooh, air. Yeah. But no one knows who he is, so no, that no. we're safe. But, um, and he had gotten a, a recording of the Broadway production, ah, and brilliant. he used to, he had it on a big reel-to-reel machine. This tells you how long ago this was, you know, in the 80s. A reel-to-reel tape machine. And was this the production with Harvey and Yes, himself? it was the Broadway show. Wow. And okay. uh, so he used to put it on in the flat, and we would just have it on playing while we were cleaning house and doing things. And I remember laughing, laughing, uh. laughing. And, of course, sobbing, thinking, God, this is just the the most upsetting and poignant dialogue I've listened to in ages. So, yeah, it was familiar to me. And in a way, I think sort of the cadence of the speech, the the way Harvey talks, the the cadence, the the rhythms, Mm. uh, all of the things that come through his voice, I think on some level must have gotten in there and stayed in there. Because when we started working on the script, it was almost second nature to fall into the Brooklyn, New York Jewish stand-up humor. Right, that, that okay. That is innately becoming great. in his work. Yeah, yeah. So it, was, it felt like quite a natural thing for you. It didn't feel sort of daunting to step into those shoes? Or well, you know, you... I've always believed I have a little bit of the Jewish comic deep down in me, so hiding somewhere. <laughs> but you don't have any Jewish No, I'm not no, Jewish no, at no, all, no, but no. for some reason... When I play Jewish characters, and this is twice now, when I play Jewish characters, it feels like coming home. It feels incredibly natural to me. And it may have something to do with having grown up in the the 60s and 70s where, you know, we were were inundated with Jewish comics. I mean, that was the majority of what Mm -hmm. I was listening to. Mm -hmm. Everyone from... From uh, the old timers to who am I thinking? Woody Allen. Woody Allen, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he was a big influence in my yeah. early days. So, so yeah, it's really, really fun to do. But as far as filling big shoes, I mean, I never try to look at it as I've got to be Harvey Feinstein in this play. No, I mean, I guess uh, you can't. Could, can no, you, you, you know? no one could. I mean, he is yeah. he is a one off, and he is unique. And having done things like playing Frankenfurter, you know, after Tim Curry. 
I understand yeah. how it works. You cannot go in and try to emulate the person who is so iconic and so stamped with this role. You have to create your own. You have mm -hmm. to try to forget as much as you can of that original performance and bring to it what you have. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've tried to do with this. And certainly I tip my hat to Harvey as often as possible yeah. and try to bring the best of him but I absolutely have tried to make it my own as well. And you mentioned sort of playing a couple of Jewish roles. I mean, obviously, you've also played uh, a few drag queens as well. Yeah, um, do, yeah. you, do you ever worry about being typecast? Is that Oh, sure. I mean, that's or? every actor's fear, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, will they only see me as this from now on? And it's difficult, but mm. uh, someone once said to me, you have to ride the horse in the direction it's running. And the truth is, if this is something I'm good at, then I shouldn't really turn my nose up at it. It's bringing brilliant roles my way. Yeah. And so it's okay, you know. It's not anything to be ashamed of. I just hope that it's not going to limit me forever. I hope that people see there are other opportunities uh, within my acting larder that I can uh, take advantage of. But, um, you know, I'm not going to complain about having done Frankenfurt or having done Hedwig. No. Having done all this, great and fun. all great roles, yeah. and even I would go all the way back to uh, to Satan when I first got here in Jersey. In I was going to ask about Satan. I you mean, know, that was an award-winning role for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was very blessed to have gotten the Olivier. But when I look back at the DVD recording, I think, <laughs> yeah. well, there's a little bit of a drag queen to him as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excessive makeup, you know, lots of dark eyes and cheekbones, and yeah. uh, but you know, that same kind of larger-than-life flair mm. seems to carry across in most all of Absolutely. the roles. I I've been lucky enough to have here. And that was a, a really controversial show, wasn't it? Did, oh, did any God, of yeah. that get directed towards yourself? Or? Sure. I mm. mean, dangerously so. Yeah. You know, that crazy man, what was his name? Stephen Green, who was running the... Oh, I don't even remember what it was called. Let's not even give it that much focus. <laughs> yeah. uh, but he was Good running publicity. one of the right-wing okay. Christian uh, oh, yeah. associations. Oh. And, mm. and he actually published my home address <gasps> and okay. my phone number and was telling the community at large to reach out and make their feelings of anger known to me that uh, we should they should turn up at my doorstep and they, I mean he was encouraging this which you know in truth I could have taken him to court I could have sued his ass and can I say ass on yeah maybe? yeah we, we're okay with that okay, okay with <laughs> I could have sued him you know because it, it was potentially dangerous and life-threatening the great thing to discover was that most everybody in the public eye was was thinking this guy's crazy yeah and we're not going to do anything like that because uh, uh, my partner and I had no problems whatsoever. But mm. the fact that he was out there encouraging shows yeah. you just how crazy people got about this show. Well, I think I remember Stuart Lee made a TV show about all the sort of all the flack, all the people like that. Who, Did he? Um, yeah. yeah and, uh, <laughs> I don't think I saw it. sending him hate mail and, and obviously you, you Oh, as well. it got just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Going back to Talk Shong Trilogy, have you yes. sort of in your own life experienced some of the same struggles that your character does? Well, you, do you know this was the big part of that, that conversation I told you about that Douglas Hodge and I had the first mm. afternoon? He asked me, what, what things about this play, about this script, are there that you relate to? Tell me some of the reasons why you think you're right to play this role. And I could literally go scene by scene and say, I lived that, I lived that, I lived that. Mm. I had the exact same conversations with my mother. Uh, God bless her. She has come leaps and bounds. She loves my partner. She loves, yeah. you know, the, the, the life that I lead. She has no more of the uh, the craziness and the worries that she had initially. But we had the same kind of knockdown, drag out fights. The screaming, wow. uh, you know, can you not understand this is who I am? That kind of screaming mm. fighting. 
all the way down to the most embarrassing memories, you know, the, the being in a back room for the first time. You know, I remember <laughs> yeah. being 20 years old and going into a back room and, and holding onto my friend's hand saying, please don't let go. I will freak out if you let go of my hand back here. And him dragging on a cigarette so that I could see what was going on back there. Oh, wow. You know, and, and moments later, I have no memory of anything except having sex anonymously in a back room for the first time at 20 years old. So, yeah, yeah it, it's... It's, it's been a crazy life and a very mirroring life. So to, you think to the one that's it's a play. really accurate portrayal of a certain American oh God, yes. gay life? Yeah, 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 I really do. I mean, it's why mm. it's been uh, such a brilliant piece in, in our culture because it absolutely reflects the reality of many of our lives. Mm. And the great thing is, every night you can hear people gasping when they connect with a moment, yeah. when they hear something that their parents said to them. Or a situation yep. comes up that they lived through, you can hear them go, "Oh God, of course!" And oh, no, yeah, I mean, you hear all that in the audience, and you know there's, you know, profound recognition going on. Does it seem like it's mostly gay audiences that are coming, or is it a real well, mix? It's or? certainly a high percentage, but yeah. uh, but it, yeah. it definitely is a mixed crowd, which is great. It gives us hope for you know future of the show and transfer. I do believe. It is a show that speaks to everyone, much yeah. the way Harvey's La Caja Fold does. Yeah. These are stories that are centered around a gay subject, but the truth is the, the fundamental writing of them is to do with relationship, with family, mm. with love, and our struggle to obtain love, to hold on to love, and how we, how we handle losing love. Mm. These are all things that touch every one of us. Absolutely. And they run deeply throughout his script, and I think... It's what makes it so accessible to the masses. Mm. Yeah. And you've been with your own partner, is it 20 years? A long 20 time? 20 years. And yeah. would, do you ever think of marriage? Or? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, our relationship has gone through many, many different, uh, what do we call well, them? Stages, ups phases, and downs. ups it's, and downs. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah. Yes, so yeah. I don't think marriage is in the cards for us, but we certainly were just having a conversation this week saying we both believe in our hearts that we are destined to be partnered for eternity. And even if that means mm. heading in different directions in the next few years, yeah. uh, that doesn't mean that we're not connected on a soul level. You know, some people won't agree with this. Some people have no faith or mm. a belief in the afterlife. But I tell you from my heart, I believe he and I will be together for eternity. And mm. that's just the way we look at it. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and what about the gay scene in London? We talked about um, sort of America, mm, but mm, mm, <laughs> what do you think of it? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Can well, you tell? Have you been going out clubbing? Then? You won't get much time. I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, we get out of here at 11. That's right when everything's kicking off. Oh, Ooh, wow. it's a dangerous oh, line of work. I'm not going to lie. I have gone clubbing a bit from time to time through the years here, but the truth is, uh, and people will think I'm exaggerating, when you're playing the lead role in a show, you have to live like a nun, <laughs> like or a, a monk. monk. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you an, really do. Monk. I mean, I can't, I can't have late nights. I can't be partying no. too hard. I no. can't be in places where I've got to scream to, to be oh, heard. Oh, yeah, because some, some of those clubs I'll wake so up bad. the next day with no voice, and yeah, most of the shows that. I do, I've got to sing, sing up to high Gs, and, right. and, you know, I just can't do it. So the majority of the time, I send kisses and say, have a good time, <laughs> send me pictures, yeah. tell me about it tomorrow. I've got to go home and drink water and sleep. 
Yeah. And that's the truth. Absolutely. I lead a, a very quiet life sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. We'll, yeah. we'll let you off. I have my moments out, but not oh, I'm sure. And you're talking about singing. Tell us a bit about your music career. We played a track from one of your solo oh. albums oh, did the you? other week. Um, have you got any more albums coming out? Or? No, you know what? I have a, a new manager, and we've been talking about whether or not to pursue really my first love which is ridiculous to say but it's dance music i love okay. dance music when i'm at home that's all i play and so i started thinking recently even though the stuff that i sing with greater ease is kind of easy listening not, not really musical theater but yeah, yeah 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 almost standards and you know you, a yeah. lot of the things on the album were were things from the 70s that encouraged me to first become a singer but where my heart is really is dance tracks ah. and i would love to get together with um, you know a couple of different producers and pursue that because I think it'd be great fun. That would get me into clubs at night, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Be play, you'd be dancing to your own yeah, song. Yeah, no, I mean, turn up to do, you know, Oh, featured, to do a little, yeah, live oh, stuff. to do a slot. Oh, yeah. that'd be a good life. To do G-A-Y or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be I'd, fun. I'd love it, yeah. Absolutely. And tell us a bit about After Show as well. Oh, wow, that has really taken off. It came together last, I think, November was when we started it. Mm. And uh, really, I just wanted an opportunity to get people from the television and film world into a club where we could sit and do something that felt like to me what the old-fashioned American variety shows were like. I remember as a kid watching the Dean Martin show, the Judy Garland show, Uh the Perry Como show, all of these iconic uh, easy listening singers. They used to get celebrities on who weren't necessarily singers. They were actors and directors and people who were high celebrity in the industry. And they'd come on and they'd interview and they'd talk and they'd do skits and they'd sing songs together. Even if one of them wasn't a singer, they'd still get up and do a duet. That kind of fun atmosphere where people feel like they get to know you and not see this uh, professional persona. They get to see the people behind it. So we decided to put together a night like that in the clubs and have it be after the theater audiences let out so that everybody could come, even the people who had just performed shows could Mm. come and enjoy it. We started out having to beg and scramble around to see who we we could get in there. It's reached the opposite point. We have a list of people who are wanting to come and join. Last week we had a packed out house and lovely performers. We've got we've got some great names coming up. Who's on in July? In July. Well, musically speaking, his name is Tony. He is the writer of this song. Uh, do you remember? Why do you build me up? Oh Buttercup. yes, yeah, Buttercup. Buttercup. Yeah, yeah, he wrote that. He wrote "Don't ah. Give Up on Us, Baby." Oh yeah. He wrote yeah. Um, "Last Night." I didn't get to sleep at all. All these old great hits. And I'm going to have him on to sing his song. Ah. I'm going to sing his song. I'm going to talk to David Soul and see if I can cajole him into coming down and doing yeah. his big hit from the 70s. So I think that's going to be great fun. We have a couple of actors coming in. We have some people from Benidorm. Uh, we've got uh, some people who are doing shows here in the West End. So it's always a star-studded audience and a star-studded panel of people who come up. But the one thing you're guaranteed is you're going to hear kick-ass singing and kick-ass music. We have jazz musicians who come Mm. up. We had a comic last month. I've got a ventriloquist friend who's going to come up and do a set, Paul Zerden. You know, he's brilliant. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's like an American variety show that we do from 10.45 till about 1 o'clock in the morning every second Thursday of the month at the Alley Cat, which is number four, Denmark Street. Okay. It's the street right there by uh, Tottenham Court Road with all the musical instruments. Oh, yeah, that's a fun little street with all the guitar shops. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's really good fun. I encourage everyone to come down. Brilliant. Okay, well, thanks, David. You're welcome. All the best with the rest of the run. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you.